Conservation Queens podcast. We are five girls who love the earth and have a passion for living a more eco-friendly life. We are real-life zoo employees, and as always, nothing that we say reflects our organizations and all thoughts and opinions are our own. Please keep in mind that we try to keep our podcast about PG-13, so if you have younger listeners, you may want to review the content beforehand. Now, we like to always introduce ourselves, so I'm Emily B. And I'm Katie. And that's it. And with it. that, that's it. <laughs> You know how we said five girls? (laughs) We have two this week. Spoiler alert, life is really difficult this week. Life happens. That's okay. Mm -hmm. That's okay. So we're going to be doing um, some mini episodes here where it may just be two or three of us um, talking about subjects that maybe don't warrant an entire episode or um, just things that we find interesting um, or on week, especially when scheduling just doesn't really work out. Oh. Yeah. With that, so, we are going to uh, jump right in, I think, with just Katie and me, which is fine. It'll be great. <laughs> yep. Emily and I were like, what topic do we know well that we would love to talk about with each other for <laughs> a good amount of time? <laughs> and we obviously picked sharks, <laughs> which if, is... If you're listening to this, you know that we pick sharks. And the, cap- the title is probably in all caps, honestly, because that's how excited we are. Yes. Uh, sharks are important and it just so happens that this week is Shark Fest um, with Nat Geo. It's actually a five week thing. Um, this is basically... like, it's like shark, shark, shark Week on steroids. Shark yeah, month. exactly. It kicked off on July 19th and it's just five weeks of shark-centered specials on Nat Geo and it's focused on like research, conservation, and all around uh, awesomeness of sharks. So that's exciting. Which is why we that. put up a little poll on our uh instagram asking yeah. you guys what your favorite sharks were and we got some fun responses so if the one of the first replies was cookie cutter um Ooh. they are itty bitty bitty sharks they're so small they have some sharp teeth hence the cookie cutter name yes. um they literally cut like they they bite like and then they flesh. spin their bodies yep out of like a perfect circle out of other animals it's kind of crazy uh and then they just you know swim on their merry way uh, we have other big animals have polka dot spots yep yeah it, it's not fun for that animal but you know no cookie cutter shark gotta eat uh That's we true. had a, a bonnet head shark bonnet heads are really cute they're kind of like mini hammerhead sharks uh but they so have small. a little bonnet head they're so they're so cute i think they're one of the cutest sharks everybody um, thinks they're babies they're like oh it's a baby hammerhead no, they're just no, he's, tiny. He's just small. <laughs> and then we got quite a few, quite a lot of whale sharks, because uh, they are great. They are Truly. wonderful. Uh, I understand that one a lot. We had one great white shark response. Excellent shark. <laughs> they are great for a reason. And then a tiger shark. So we're going to talk a bit about some of these sharks that you guys... Oh, and then someone actually just responded Thresher Shark and Zebra Ooh. Shark. I love zebra, zebra sharks. sharks. Zebra sharks are the best. Oh, that's a zebra great, sharks great are cute response. Because when they're babies, they look like little stripy babies. And then when they... Yep. So everybody they, thinks they're <laughs> a leopard shark, but they're not. They're a zebra shark. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And they have Nature such little... Crazy. They have round faces, so they just look yes. fun. 
but so that's our fan shout out. And then uh, just to give you guys a little conservation update. Uh, I really enjoy finding these articles for everyone. But Costa Rica has regrown almost all of their lost tree cover or forest cover since wow. the 1980s. Yeah. So basically in the 1970s and 1980s, Costa Rica had the highest deforestation rates in Latin America. But over the next few decades, they were able to halt forest loss, initiate replanting and conservation efforts, and regrow the forest cover. Uh, They have basically one of the most successful uh, restoration plans of any nation in the world. Uh, They did it by basically paying for forest restoration and giving the forests value, like they were their own commodity. Wow. So like we should. Put this, like yeah. No, like really, it's like to put this in plain terms, example, a farmer has their farmland and it's bordered by a forest and he could make more money by chopping down some of the forest and, you know, converting more of the land into farmland. But instead he receives money from a fund, which businesses and citizens pay into um, so that he can afford to keep the forest intact and not have to, uh, basically chop down more trees and plant more crops so all right rest uh, of the world are you listening (laughs) yeah it's just like been so successful and has really put a lot of like uh people in costa rica really value the forest more now because of that and it's also led to a lot of tourism in costa rica because they have such beautiful intact for i yeah i wish emily a was here because that's where she went for research yeah that's I'm true. sure she'd have some stuff to say but alas alas uh, <laughs> it's shark week <laughs> yeah um and- all right so we also have the newest greatest segment of conservation queens beluga news yeah this is a thing i swear though. even on even on weeks that i'm not gonna be able to be here we're always gonna have beluga news i will record <laughs> it and i will send it in just that there, there you go <laughs> that works this week was not a big week in Beluga news. I scoured the internet. What are you to talking about? New. This is the biggest news you could have for Beluga news is what you're about. That's to say. fair. So what I did find, um, so the baby Beluga who lives at the Georgia aquarium, her name is Shyla and her mom is whisper. And the Georgia aquarium released a video on their social media of Shyla and whisper playing with some environmental enrichment devices or EEDs or toys. Um, and- <laughs> This is just the cutest thing ever because Whisper, the mom, she loves toys. Like she's very um, toy motivated and she will carry toys around and wear them as a hat and like roll in them and she just loves them. Picked up on this. And so there's videos of the two of them playing with toys and the baby literally is copying what Whisper does and is the cutest thing I've ever seen. That's really precious. It's so She's just such a chunky baby beluga. Someone I know said she looks like a potato with a tail, and I was she like, does. I will not recover from this. She really does. She really does, though. Uh, she really does. So into more zoo news. Uh, this is something I wanted to talk about last week. I don't think it had a resolution, though, when we recorded last week. Yeah, um, I think but- it was the day after she had escaped. Yes. So there was a red panda. Her name is Cora. Um, She lives at the Columbus Zoo. And pretty recently, she actually had babies, um, which is very important for red pandas and their species. But then apparently she escaped from her enclosure. This happened like two weeks, a week ago now. A week? I think it was in the middle of last week. It was last week. week. Yeah, it was Wednesday. It was Wednesday. And she escaped on Wednesday. The zoo put out a message about it. 
Um, my favorite part about the message was they were like, Cora is not a threat to the public because she is just a red panda. She's not going to do anything to anyone. But She's obviously, just cute. <laughs> yeah, they wanted her back safe and sound, um, and especially for her babies, which they were taking care of in the meantime. Um, and she went missing for a day and they found her, as they suspected, um, right outside of the enclosure in a tree. Because she the photos know. are absolutely hysterical. Yeah, they suspected she wouldn't go very far from her newborn babies, but she was like, you know, adventuring out a little bit. And then I guess she might not have been able to figure out how to get back inside. I don't know. But yeah, there's pictures of her like in the tree and the zoo team is like surrounding the tree and she's just like, man. Yes, it's hilarious. Her like little tongue is sticking out too. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so it. she's been reunited with her babies and back in her enclosure, and I'm sure they figured out how she escaped, but All she is well. safe and sound. <laughs> yeah, it's just a funny kind of zoo story. Um, uh, in other zoo news, we have some more kind of zoos in trouble news, um, mostly due still to the coronavirus. Um, so we've talked about this one in the past, the Alaska Sea Life Center. Um, it still needs help. They have not quite reached the donation level that they need in order to keep their um, doors open. So if you're able to um, look into donating to the Alaska Sea Life Center or visiting if you're from Alaska. And then the San Antonio Zoo also recently put out kind of a call for help um, that they are also struggling financially. And they said um, their typical weekly like cost just to take care of the animals, like feeding them and everything is almost half a million dollars every week. It's um, crazy. And so you can imagine with the loss of revenue um, from guests, which is 100% of the money they make, they are really struggling. So help them out if you live in Texas or you would like to donate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have to cut so much of their staff too, which is unfortunate. And hopefully eventually they can get them back. Hopefully that would be great. Sigh. But uh, yes, now we're going to dive in. Huh? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I did that last week. It's a shark. We, we got to stop doing marine topics because we're going to say dive in. Well, every time. it's just so easy. Like, it, it just writes itself. But, it does. Yeah, so sharks. Sharks, sharks, sharks. Why are people afraid of sharks? Why Why must we villainize them and everything that we do? Truly. They're, they're, okay, I've said this a million times. I will say it again. When it comes to the alignment of different marine animals sharks are what we would call a true neutral they are truly just living their life vibing out in the ocean and then if you want to talk about a chaotic evil animal in the ocean that would be dolphins correct i will not elaborate (laughs) they just out here causing chaos yes they have the capacity for evil basically sharks they really do they just don't have that capacity sharks are literally just straight vibing and honestly we could all do more to be like them true i wish if only uh but why why are people afraid of sharks mostly we can look to the media for this one uh as you know we look at films like yep like (laughs) we're gonna need a bigger boat it's fine uh it's sharknado that was a thing for a while. They made like four of those movies. There, were, I think there were even more than four. It just got really out of hand. It got out of hand after the second one, to be honest. That's true. Uh, well, I just want to know who the person was like, let's make a movie about, you know, that picks up sharks. What are we going to call this movie? Sharknado. 
You're a like, genius. <laughs> what a what a masterpiece film. Yeah. It it was uh it was interesting. But anyway, so Sharknado, even movies like Finding Nemo, I mean you know I, they had to shark, escape from the not sharks. A mindless eating machine. If <laughs> I am to change this image, I must first change myself. Fish are friends, not food. That's beautiful. <laughs> But then eventually even, you know, smells blood. And then it was like, oh, I can't stop myself. Intervention! Ah! Intervention! Love it. Yeah. So that leads to a lot of misconceptions about sharks. um, Because people are always, like, you know, seeing them in in this context of killing machine, like in Jaws. They're just eating everyone on the beach kind of a thing. It's something that we have to hunt and we have to get rid of. Um, which leads to uh, what I think is the most common question that I get asked as an aquarium educator when I'm in our exhibit that has sharks in the in the tank with all the other fish. Ooh, ooh, ooh! I want to ask you the question. I'm ready. Yeah, yep. Yeah, go ahead. I'm go gonna ahead. be like an eight year old boy. Miss mm-hmm. Katie, Miss Katie, yeah. there's yeah. sharks in here. Yes, there, we have quite a few sharks in our exhibit. Uh, which one? How was- come? How come they don't eat all the fish? Well, that's because sharks actually don't eat very often. They, uh, most of them only eat maybe once a week and they are, yeah, they're opportunists, which means they're not going to be looking um, for something that's really difficult to to catch that they're going to have to chase down and waste a lot of energy. Probably going to look for something that might already be injured or is you know just not swimming as fast and and there's a good opportunity for them to go after so they don't eat very much and that's why they're not going to eat their friends in there they get fed very well here at our aquarium and scene (laughs) and yeah (laughs) exactly but usually a child will be like okay but if it was like an adult asking me that they'd be like yeah okay you could tell me so how many has that one eaten like sir I'm not lying to you. <laughs> ah. I just wish that sometimes, sometimes I wish that I carried my degree in marine biology in my back pocket. So that way when certain demographics of aquarium guests mm-hmm. ask me questions that they didn't believe my answers to, I could just whip that out and be like, ah, yes, I spent all this money on this piece <laughs> of paper for you to tell me that I'm wrong. Yep. Yes. Yep. And, like, that was especially a question if, like, you know, there was, like, a dive program or a snorkeling program happening in that environment. Um, people's relatives would often be terrified um, when, meanwhile, like, the sharks in the exhibit are... <laughs> they just really can't be bothered. <laughs> no. <laughs> they they don't even give you a second glance. They're just, like, whatever. But it is the last... I would be... I tell people, I'm like, you know what you have to worry about is the turtle. <laughs> Because if the turtle comes over and he thinks something is interesting to bite, that's quite a bite. That's that's not going to be fun. (laughs) Loggerheads have a bite force up to 3,000 pounds. There you go. So who do you really need to be afraid of in in our aquarium environment? But anyway, I I digress. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of the problem, too, is, like, how people talk about them just because of, like, media type stuff. So, (sighs) you know, like, every time there's a shark attack anywhere – um, people refer to it as, you know, shark infested waters and see the videos that they'll play of like the helicopter above each and they're yep. showing the shark like five feet away from a person and the person. They're like, oh, the shark infested waters. Ah, 
Sharks okay, so here's, don't infest here's the thing. waters. They <laughs> he lives there. Live there. Guess who's it's infesting the water? It would be like the shark would only be infesting something if he like came into my house and was just swimming around my kitchen. And it would be a shark infested yeah. kitchen because he's not in the place where he's supposed to be. It doesn't make any sense. It's only a shark infestation when a, a tornado blows the sharks into the local pool. <laughs> and then they wreak havoc at the local pool. That's the only exactly. case. And that, that only happens in it. a movie called Sharknado. So there you go. Um, and then even with shark attacks, like you hear about them on the news and, you know, just the way that people describe it is just, it's just inaccurate to be honest. So, yeah. um, if you take a look at most shark attacks, I will say probably over 95% of them, um, you know, you have to look at the circumstances. So the person swimming at dawn or dusk, which is the times mm-hmm. where sharks like to hunt mm-hmm. was the person wearing shiny objects which a shark might say oh hey that looks like a shiny fish i could take a bite of that um was the person already injured or have an open wound where the shark was like that smells like a wounded animal um you know sharks are like we said they're opportunistic and not necessarily on their menu they don't go out of their way to be like you know what i would like for lunch today a person no (laughs) they're gonna they're gonna see your leg in the murky water and they their eyesight is not that great, to be honest with you. They're usually going like, to hmm, mistake us for yeah, a seal or a sea turtle uh, is what we And, you know, if you're on like. a surfboard, now you look or like you're wearing you uh, flippers. Exactly. So then you start to look like what the natural prey is. And sharks like to do, if they don't know what something is, they do something called an exploratory bite. So this is like, <laughs> a, hey, what is this? I'm a baby. I'm going to try it with my teeth because I don't have hands. Yep. Um, it's now, just that their teeth are a little us, sharp. <laughs> a little sharp. Exactly. Exactly. Unfortunately for us, an exploratory bite, you know, is probably going to be pretty traumatic. It can be very, yeah, not, not great. The intent is not malicious. They don't That's have the capacity. Exactly. They don't. Um, this is actually really funny and very coincidental. My brother sent me this tweet yesterday. Um, he didn't know we were doing an episode about sharks either. And it was a post or uh, an article that the New York Post posted two days ago. And the title says, shark that killed New York City woman confirmed as great white dash. And it's still out there. And then (laughs) someone retweeted it and commented, LMAO, was it supposed to turn itself in? (laughs) Shark jail. Yeah. (laughs) oh man you guys i'm so sorry well and i'm just just, gonna i don't know i just think a shark attack is just like you should call it a shark accident like the shark is not getting up in the morning and saying i'm gonna go for breakfast that is not what he's thinking yeah i haven't eaten in three weeks that looks kind of like a turtle maybe i'll try it you know which is true sharks can go that long without eating it's true Uh, great whites can and you know, they get hungry after that time. That's what I'm saying. You know, what do they say? Fish got to swim. Sharks got to eat. Something like that. Yep. That's it. Thanks, Finding Nemo, once again. But Truly a great movie. Enough about why. We, we kind of know why people are afraid of them. I mean, besides the way the media portrays them and the misconceptions around, like, that they're killing machines. Um, if you look at a shark, you know. They can, they can look a little scary. I understand that. They got a lot of teeth. They're, they can be really large. Um, so, 
I can understand the initial fear. You know, it's like if a tiger was coming at me bearing its teeth, that would not exactly be <laughs> no, going to like, be a kitty, but you know, let's learn a little bit more about them though. Cause I always feel like the more, you know, about an animal, the less you may be afraid of it. The more you might learn to respect it, even if you still have a healthy fear. Uh, so what I was, I wanted to ask both of us what our favorite sharks were. So we heard some oh. of your favorite sharks earlier. I say you go um, first. Okay. Well, I really love sand tiger sharks. Uh, They're really commonly seen in aquariums. So I think part of it is that I see them a lot and they can grow up to 10 feet long. So they are pretty big sharks, but that just means there's more shark to love. Uh, And they're usually brown in color and they are literally gentle babies. They only look a little scary, but they are really, really gentle, really docile sharks. They swim pretty slowly they're just kind of minding their own business and something really cool about them is they have a really unique hunting strategy um, they will actually take a gulp of air above the surface surface and collect the air in their stomach and this enables them to become buoyant and approach their prey virtually motionless wow so they literally go so slowly they cannot be detected oh my goodness uh which is incredible I love it. They're so beautiful. Well, and people just think they look scary because their teeth stick out. But, you know, that's how their jaw is shaped, okay? They can't help it. Yes. They do have a lot of teeth, but exactly. They can't help it. They're just smiling at you. Exactly. They're just just cheesing for the camera. And um, in a close second, I would say wabigongs are my faves, too. Um, Wabigongs are cartridge sharks, so they are usually at the very bottom um, they blend in, they have really great camouflage and they have these little, like, looks like they have like a beard. <laughs> They're like, castles. Yeah. They attract fish toward them because it looks like seaweed and then they gulp up that fish. Um, it's also, I just really enjoy saying their name cause it sounds <laughs> so Australian, which make you know, that's where they got their name. So Wabigongs. Go. I think my favorite chart. Is probably a tiger shark. A what? <laughs> Sorry, um, if anyone out there, that was for my dad specifically, um, who said he wanted nice little the, most, reference. the most jaw quotes we could get into this episode. Sorry, Dad, that was probably the second and only one we're gonna get. Oh, yeah. um, I do like tiger sharks just because they're so pretty. Um, they have like beautiful stripey stripes and big old teeth. I love that. Um, I also I have a lot of favorite sharks, but that's I think fair because they're I all also great. love whale sharks. They mm-hmm. are just gorgeous. Um, I like blue sharks. If you've never seen a blue shark, do yourself a favor and Google one because they have the biggest eyes, like puppy dog eyes. Mm, and they do. They just look perpetually concerned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be me as a shark, as an anxious <laughs> shark. <laughs> lemon sharks too they're just kind of like a basic gray shark but i don't think they get enough love so i like them there's um, a lot of and sharks then, that don't get enough love that's for sure the, well did you, there's like over 450 different types of sharks yes there sure are they wow. sure are so many and, and they're still the, discovering them like the ocean is yep. so big we haven't found them all yep oh but that brings me to a good point you know what sharks do not are not in the ocean what megalodon <laughs> Are you sure Ugh. about that? 
Yes, I am I've had sure. a lot of guests at the aquarium tell me they're pretty certain that there's the megalodon still out there because they saw a documentary once on uh, Discovery Channel. I can't. I that cannot. said they very well could be out there still. No, not true. There are no megalodons currently in the ocean. Period. End of sentence. <laughs> Period. Yes, exactly. Um, but uh, just in case y'all were wondering, megalodons were, they can get how big? They were like. Oh gosh, I want to say it's like 50 feet. I'm trying to look it quick because it always just blows my mind. They lived well, approximately 23 to 3.6 million years ago. Wow, amazing. So, you know, keep that in mind. Uh, 34 they, feet. Yep, there you go. Feet to 34 feet. And how large can a whale shark get? About 40 feet. 40? Wait. Yeah. Well, great whites can get up to 20 feet. Yes. So, you know what? You basically still have megalodons in the ocean. They're just not megalodons. They're just other sharks. They're just spotty and eat krill and (laughs) live in nice tropical waters. And they're super cute. And they're called whale sharks. I've had people argue with me that whale sharks aren't a shark. So like I'll be like, who's the largest shark in the ocean? And the guests will be like, a great white. And I'm like, there's one that's bigger. And be like, you know, like a bull shark. And I'll start naming all like the, you know, yeah, tight, like ones that people tend to know and are afraid of. And they'll be like, no, it's a whale shark. And they'll be like, that's not a shark. And I'll be like, yes, it is. <laughs> Don't be confused because it has whale in the name. Sharks are fish. They are fish. Yep. They do not have. They do have air. They sure don't. Even no. though I just said the sand tiger sharks will gulp, but that's not breathing. That's just helping no. them be buoyant. There's no. a difference. Floaty boys. Um, so they're fish. Uh, I don't know. I think it's just because obviously they don't look like, you know, like a goldfish, what people picture when they think of a fish. That makes that's people true. think there's something well, like in a different class of animal, you know? I think it is a little confusing because if you search the largest fish in the ocean, whale shark comes up because sharks are fish. Right. Um, but if you search the largest shark in the ocean, you still get whale shark. All sharks are fish, but not all fish are sharks. There it is. We love this to is get like those. and dolphins all over again. <laughs> hmm Yep. Yep. Exactly. Um, so the difference between a shark and then like what, like a goldfish, like people generally think is of as a fish is what makes up their body. So sharks are a cartilaginous fish, and there are quite a few different types of cartilaginous fish. It's not just sharks in this category. Um, like for stingrays. example, you got stingrays. Yep. Uh, and then you have like a goldfish is considered a bony fish. So cartilaginous fish, their skeletons are made of cartilage. Bony fish, their skeletons are made of bone. Uh, sharks are cartilaginous fish, so they are pretty flexible. Uh, and they 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 don't got a bone in their body. And not there a you one. go. Not a one. Not a single so, one. Yeah. So not only do they have cartilaginous bones, I guess cartilage. They just have cartilage. That's just what it is, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> but they have a lot of other. I don't know. Words are hard. I don't. I don't speak English. Um, they have a lot of adaptations. Sharks do. So they've got all kinds of cool adaptations that do make them distinct from other fish. There's a um, reason why they've been around for millions of years. They I say per- evolution looked perfected. at a shark and he was like, 
yeah, that's good. We're just going to leave that and let that sit on the side for about 300 million years. It's perfect. Don't change a thing about it. Truly, this is what peak performance looks like. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so the sharks have applications. Um, One of my favorites is a fun one called Ampule of Lorenzini. Which sounds like a pasta dish to it be sure honest does. with you. But, I would um, like so- the ampullae of Lorenzini, please, with uh, <laughs> the sauce on the side. Thank you. There you go. Um, but what that means is they have these little pores, um, especially concentrated near their face. Um, and those pores are like substance and it allows them to feel electrical impulses. So basically they've got built in like x-ray vision um, to find their prey. So they can tell, you know, hey, that fish is swimming a little bit. I can feel his heartbeat in my face and he has got some problems. <laughs> so you know what? Time to have a snack. Yep. And it's very, they're efficient. That's what efficient predators. Yep. That's um, how they're able to, to find that, that food that's going to be easy to take down instead of a challenge. Exactly. They're lazy. Basically they're lazy. They the really are. Way. I just wish I could way. like shout that from the rooftops. <laughs> Sharks <sighs> don't care about you. They just want an easy meal. <laughs> It's true. Um, They also have what's called the lateral line system. This is also found in some other fish, but it is pretty cool. So the lateral line system, if you look at most sharks, you can see it um, kind of in the center of their bodies down the sides. They have this line, um, which is also um, kind of like the ampullae of Lorenzini, where it helps them perceive their environment. So the best way that I can describe it is to talk about like a school of fish. So a school of fish, they all have their lateral line system. And if one of the fishes turns left, they all turn left because Mm -hmm. they can feel each other doing it. Um, Sharks use their lateral line system um, not to swim in a school, but um, it does help them be a lot more aware of their environment, which is pretty nice. It helps them to swim after other fish swimming in a school. Exactly. Single out that one they're looking for. Yep. Um, Sharks have what are called dermal denticles, which is a very fun phrase. Uh, dermal denticles, it means skin teeth. Um, and what that Literally. means is a shark is smooth if you were to touch it, which I do not recommend. Um, if you were to touch a shark from head to tail, they would feel nice and smooth because it's like overlapping little scales. Mm-hmm. And then if you were to touch them from head, which I especially would not recommend, Ouch. Um, it would feel rough like sandpaper. Yep. Which is a way that they are very hydrodynamic. It makes them excellent swimmers. Yep. Just like Olympic swimmers shave their yeah. entire body. Just exactly. Little teeth on the shark. Yep. Um, they also have, yes, they also have what's called a nictitating membrane in their eyes. Um, it's basically like another eyelid that just helps them be able to see underwater and not get stuff in their eyeballs. Um, if you've ever watched a video of, like, especially they show them on like things like Shark Fest and Shark Week, mm-hmm. where the sharks are coming out of the water to bite something. Um, they will close their eyes and it's that nictitating membrane that's coming over it, which actually protects them from getting anything in their eyes when they're is taking a bite. What, is that what frogs have too? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, lots of animals have that, but it's a really, I wish I had, I have wish humans had that. Why don't we have that? Yes, we don't live well, in the water. That yeah, makes sense. We do not, mm-hmm. sadly. Well, let's see. What else? That's too um, bad. Yes. Sharks have countershading, which is one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, <laughs> I literally talk about countershading. Do you know what day, an but... animal I always use an example for countershading for no reason? Squirrels. I usually use penguins. Oh, squirrels. Yes. They have countershading. They got white bellies okay. and then they got the darker that makes top. sense. 
Yeah. See, I default to marine every time. So I usually that's go with fair because that, that usually is like easier to explain in the context of looking like, you know, down on an yeah. animal in the water and looking up at an animal in the water. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, think about, think about a great white shark. Their belly is bright white and then their back is gray. Um, and that is, that's what counter shading is, is where their back is dark, their belly is lighter. Um, and it's just a very effective means of camouflage, especially in the ocean. So anything swimming above them looks down, can't see them because they're blending in with the dark ocean. Anything below them looks up and their belly blends in with the sunlight. So very effective if you're trying to be a predator in the ocean. <coughs> you laughing at? Just, no, no, I took a drink of my water. I coffee. <laughs> I'm just joking. It's fine. We're fine. It's fine. Um, I love this next oh. adaptation. This is cool. Yes. So this is, a, this is a good one. So every shark has different shaped teeth and their teeth, you can look at, you can take one look at a shark's teeth and you can guess what they eat based mm-hmm. on that um, because they all have teeth that are adapted for what they're. So let's take a mako shark, for example, um, or even a sand tiger. They have really long skinny teeth. Um, sometimes we refer to them as fork teeth and that's because they're eating little fish. So they need to be able to grab them. Like you would grab hold something on with a fork them. and hold on to it. And so anything that has teeth, that's going to most likely be a fish eater. Um, yep. We also have sharks like the great white shark who have these big um, triangle-shaped teeth. Um, and that's because they're eating very large prey, things like sea lions, sea turtles, um, et cetera. Very those tough. Those big teeth to, exactly, to saw into those animals like a knife. They're so literally serrated. Teeth, they have serrated exactly. teeth. Like a steak knife because it. they're tearing through flesh, which just sounds terrifying, yeah. but, you know, necessary. So it's cool. Yes. And then probably my favorite shark. Um, if you look at a tiger shark's tooth, they kind of look like a triangle-shaped tooth, but they've got almost like an angle built into the tooth. Um, and that's because a tiger shark's favorite food is sea turtles. And if you're going to be eating sea turtles, you have to be able to get through that really tough shell. Oh um, and so those teeth actually act like a can opener for a sea turtle shell. I cannot. Um, that, that's just wild. wild. I, I read that phrase when you wrote it earlier and I like couldn't stop laughing because it's like hor- horrendous, but it's... It's like, very efficient. Yeah, eat the sea turtles like they're a can opener. Like, like spin them open, you know? Oh my god. That's what uh, they do. I know, and I love it. I literally. Well, love you it. know what else? Tiger like, sharks. It's crazy eat? adaptations, man. What? Tiger sharks are the ones that like jump clean out of the water to catch like seabirds. Yep. <laughs> that amazing. Bird. If you've ever <laughs> videos where they like they'll like pull one down by the leg and then just efficiency. Mm. I love it. Yep. I'm. I'm always gonna root for the predator, man. I mean, yeah. Mm. Well, one other thing about, I just remembered about sand tiger sharks. Sorry. Do it. Just thinking about sand tiger sharks. Um, they have the lowest rate of reproduction out of all the sharks in the ocean. Whoa. So they need to be protected at all costs because they are not good at repopulating. Oh, yeah. Babies. Isn't that crazy? Um, sharks have like a lot of, they actually have multiple ways of reproducing depending on the species. Yes. They um, have wild reproduction. Um, it's they very can do special. It from- Three different ways, um, kind of depends on which type of shark you're looking at. So sharks reproduce, um, they, some of them lay eggs. So you may have heard of something called a mermaid's purse. That's an egg casing from so a shark. Cute. Um, sharks that lay eggs are called oviparous. Um, it just means they're laying eggs. And typically these are going to be like smaller sharks. 
um, anything like, like I would your say white maybe spotted bamboo shark. Yeah, or like a Port Jackson shark or cat sharks, um, small sharks. Yep. Um, and then you've got viviparous sharks, which means they're giving live birth. Um, now, typically, this is going to be your larger sharks. So things like great whites, tiger sharks, etc. They're going to be viviparous. They're going to give birth to live young. Um, and then you have the third one, which is totally wild, um, which is called ovoviviparous. So say that three times fast. Both, both <laughs> of the previous reproductions, but combined. <laughs> Put together. And what that means is the shark initially is going to have eggs within their body, and those eggs will become fertilized and start to develop in the eggs and within casings. But the shark is going to get to a point where they will eat themselves out of the egg case, um, typically, and then be born live. Um, Crazy. Which is wild. And there are, aren't there a great example sh- of this is the sand tigers. Yes, sand tigers are, oh, oh God, ovoviviparous. <laughs> My gosh. Um, aren't there sharks that ha- like do that method, but basically it's like whichever shark eats its way out first is the one that's going to make it because it will eat the other eggs? Yes, they will eat each other in utero. Yeah, I don't remember what this. I guess that would be any kind of ovoviviparous shark. Yeah, yeah, a lot of times it's kind of survival of the fittest. Survival of the fittest. Sorry, siblings. <laughs> That's just how it's got to be. That's just how it's got to be. But that is crazy. Sharks are so cool. They're just wild. So we're going to give some fast facts about some of the most commonly asked about sharks, I would say. Um, just kind of give some highlights across the shark world. So we're going to start with my personal favorite, the whale shark. Mm -hmm. Um, so whale sharks, if you've ever seen one or seen a picture of one, they have these beautiful spot patterns. Um, they just look like they're just covered in little white polka dots. Um, this is effective camouflage because they stay in kind of the top areas of the water column most of the time, especially when they're feeding and it helps them blend in with the sunlight, which is pretty neat. Um, but their spot patterns are all unique. So it's like a fingerprint to us. Every whale shark has different spots. So that's the way people can tell them apart, which is cool. Um, whale sharks are filter feeders, which I think most people don't know. Um, it just means that they're eating tiny little things, little tiny krill, little tiny shrimps. Um, at the Georgia Aquarium where they have whale sharks, the way they feed them is absolutely hysterical mm-hmm. to watch. They take these little dinghies, these little boats, um, and they literally bucket krill into the mouths of the whale sharks. The whales just um, come up. The whale, the whales. Look at me. Wow. Uh, the sharks come up, and they like open their big giant mouth, and they just scoop the krill in. So yes, cute. and the water like rushes in. Yes, it's, it's incredible to watch. Um, but they're just big, gentle giants. They're not out here trying to hurt anybody. Um, they can get to be up to twenty thousand pounds and up to forty feet long, which is like as long as a school bus. It's wild. It's really crazy. They're just would, big boys, big wide boys. I want to see one so badly. I've never been to, uh, going to the Georgia Aquarium is a dream of mine. Road trip. I from have here. been twice. Both times I have gone, I have sat in the Ocean Voyager exhibit uh, where the whale sharks are for like over an hour, just yeah. sitting there watching them. Understandably, I would also do that. They're beautiful. Um, yeah, so biggest shark, yeah, your whale shark. Fastest shark, yeah, your mako shark. Ooh. I really like mako sharks. I think they're very cool. They can swim up to 60 miles per hour. Um, when I tell fast as my car. Yep. When I tell kids that, I'd say, like, that's as fast as a cheetah can run on land. But in the, in the ocean, they got your makos. Um, and we talked before about how they have the fork-like teeth. Um, and part of that is because their prey, the food um, that they're catching, is just as fast as they are. 
So they got to really be booking it. And once they grab onto that, like, like I know they eat tuna, for example, Mm -hmm. once they get it, they got to hold on tight. Otherwise it's going to get away. So there's a reason why they're so fast. Yes. (laughs) Because they like to eat fast things. Um, And then you have some of my, more of my favorite sharks are funny looking sharks. Okay, um, can we talk about the goblin shark? <laughs> yeah, that's a funny looking one too, isn't it? Uh, goblin sharks, silly. they have like a little, it's like a big nose, but it's not a yep. nose. It's like a um, rostrum. Oh, fun fact, sharks, um, two thirds of their brain is dedicated to their sense of smell. Um, yeah, so they they do have like a lot of people, that's another kind of misconception. Sharks can smell a drop of blood from miles away. Um, no, they can't, but nope. they certainly can smell extremely well, and that is part of how they find injured animals. So um, it is true that you should not go in the ocean if you have an open wound. I don't know why you do that to yourself anyway, but uh, if you are like have a little paper cut, <laughs> oh yeah, at the beach like you're not gonna, you're, the shark's not gonna come and find you. <laughs> No. Um, but yes, goblin sharks have what looks like a very funny looking nose. They're a very deep sea shark. Um, they're also a living fossil, which is neat. What they look like is they kind of look like a dinosaur. Uh, then you have your angel sharks, I think, are a gorgeous shark. They don't look like your typical shark at all. Um, they are very flat and a lot have of people wings. think they're rays. Yes, they do look a lot like rays. Sharks and rays are super closely related. Um, we mentioned before that they're both elasmobranchs, um, which is the fancy term for uh, cartilaginous fish. And because of that, they share a lot of very similar adaptations. Yes. But how do you tell them apart, Emily? How do you know if it's a ray or a shark? No, oh, don't get me into this. <laughs> <sighs> next to the do the sharks eat the um you know animals in the exhibit this is probably the next which isn't a direct question that we get people don't come up to you and say how can i tell the difference between a ray and a shark they usually misidentify one of the animals in the yes. exhibit as a shark when it is actually a ray and then we have um, to give yes. them the so, reasons why <laughs> the easiest way to tell them apart is to look for where their mouth is on their body um and their gills too um, if their mouth and their gills are on their belly side of their body, it is a ray. Um, sharks have their gills on the side. Think of like a great white shark. He turns his head to the side. You see those gills wide open. Mm-hmm. And then you think of like, let's just picture a manta ray. Um, a manta ray has to fully, you see his belly and that's where his. Um, exactly. Yep. So. Yep. so if you're looking at an angel shark, it can be kind of hard to tell where the gills are, but the mouth is still in the front and the gills yep. are on the side, even though they're a little harder to spot. But yep. angel sharks, I just think, are gorgeous. And then you have your hammerheads, I think is what everyone usually thinks of when they think of a funny looking shark, um, because they got a funny head. It's shaped like a hammer. Why is it shaped it like really that? Is. It helps them find their food. Um, go figure. Um, basically, it gives them good field of vision. Yep, it gives them a really, really good field of vision. And uh, sharks don't generally have very good vision. <laughs> they, they really have, don't. They have really poor eyesight. <laughs> that's why they have that great sense of smell. I don't, oh, I think I was saying that that's my boyfriend the other day. And he said, so you're saying if we gave sharks glasses, they would be unstoppable. <laughs> and I was like, yep, exactly. If we give that's sharks it. glasses, they'll take over the world. So I'm excited to create the world's first pair of glasses for a shark. 
see how that changes things. Oh, what Um, do you do for a living? I'm a shark optometrist. I'm the (laughs) shark. Honestly, dream job. Um, My new my new goal. So aside from the biggest, fastest, funny-looking sharks, um, what most people love to discuss are the most dangerous sharks. Dun, dun, dun. Which uh, we said there's over 400 different kinds of sharks, right? So how many Correct. of those 400 do you need to be worried about? Well, here's, here's what I have to say. Mm-hmm. Anything with a mouth can bite mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Before you go provoking any animal. Yes. Um, there, if you like, you know, look up like most dangerous sharks, generally there's going to be three that are always talked about. Um, and that's going to be your great white shark, your tiger shark. So sorry, Emily, and your bull shark. Um, these three sharks are, if a person is bit by a shark, generally it's going to be one of these three. Um, well, and it's part of the problem is that these sharks live in waters that people like to swim in. Yes, that is in those shark infested waters. No, it's well, it's like a lot of shark attacks happen off the coast of Maui, but that's where a lot of the big tourist beaches are there. So it's like, right. You're walking into their house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? um, so great white sharks, tiger sharks and bull sharks. Um, bull sharks are actually what inspired the movie or the book first jaws um it was bull sharks were um pretty prominent off the coast of new jersey like one summer and it caused a lot of bites to happen and all that kind of stuff so uh then they were like yeah well, i'm gonna write a book about this and have if people I was fear in sharks the, ocean, the only shark i would actually be afraid of if it swam near me would be probably a bull shark because if i yeah. give them their space like, the rest of them aren't gonna bother you yep I'm pretty sure that there's a quote from the author that wrote Jaws that if he could take back how it illustrated sharks, that he would. Oh, yeah. He regrets doing all that. Yeah. That he created so much fear surrounding them. Great story still, but, you know. Whatever. All right. So why are sharks just so important other than everything we've told you up until this point? Um, if you're still not convinced, <laughs> if you're still not convinced, um, we did an episode a little while back about trophic cascades. And if you did not listen to that episode, that's okay. Um, what that means is when you remove the apex predator, the top predator of an ecosystem, everything else is going to kind of just fall apart. Um, and so if you remove sharks from ecosystems, you end up just messing everything up. So we need those apex predators. They're oh very God, important. Remember, we had a whole episode about that. Exactly. Crazy. Crazy. And then a point that I like to bring up is that sharks are the garbage trucks of the ocean. They truly. really, truly are. You know, you think of vultures and buzzards on land being the carry-on and, you know, roadkill, etc. Um, sharks are like that in the ocean. They are going to, you know, pick off the sick, the dying, the dead. And eat that first before they go after anything healthy. Because mm-hmm. as we've discussed, they're lazy. But they're keeping all that <laughs> nasty dead stuff out of the ocean. They're doing they a good ha- job. They help stop the spread of disease, which is extremely important for fish populations. As well as for us. Um, as yes. people that eat seafood. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we'd like the ocean to also stay pretty healthy and clean. And sharks are a huge reason for that. 
Yes. Um, but sharks are facing a lot of problems, not just um, kind of all these media issues that we discuss, but sharks are actually facing a lot of problems. Many shark species are endangered or critically endangered because of human activities. Um, spoiler alert, most animals are endangered because of mm, human activities. Crazy. Um, but probably the biggest one that people may or may not have heard of is shark finning. Heard of shark fin soup. This is kind of right up that alley. So shark fins are this cartilaginous material that we've discussed. Um, and in some cultures, it is considered um, like sacred or spiritual delicacy, um, delicacy to have maybe these medicinal items. properties. Exactly. So, you know, this is just like, you know, a rhino tusk that's made of fin and it's not actually magical. Um, it's like that. But the way that they go about collecting these sharks is horrific. It's really um, they will literally tough. go fishing for sharks. They'll pull them out of the ocean, all their fins off, and then throw the shark, still alive, back mm-hmm. into the ocean where the shark will then drown. Um, so it is absolutely horrifying. Um, shark finning is, is illegal, and sale of shark fin products in the United States is illegal in a lot of places. Um, not everywhere, However. though. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So... You know, just getting the word out is the big thing here. There are a lot of huge efforts worldwide to kind of control this a little better um, and just educate people. Um, and I've heard that the shark fin soup isn't even good. It's like jelly, gelatinous and bleh. I can't imagine It'd it be like be eating a good. jellyfish. Yeah, like, I mean, it's gross. Just, it's not the actual meat of anything. No. It's, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. Um, we talked about all the things that the media says that, you know, just really quite frankly, aren't true. Um, oh, and then another, wait, I found, um, so it said that the author, author of jaws is his name is Peter Benchley. And it says in years following publication, Benchley began to feel responsible for the negative attitudes against shark that his novel engendered. He became an ardent ocean conservationist. We love And, that. uh, yeah, that's, he couldn't, oh my gosh, he wrote that considering the knowledge accumulated about sharks in the last 25 years, I couldn't possibly write Jaws today. Not in good conscience, anyway. Aww. Wow, that's actually... Character growth. Whoa, oh my god, it says back then it was generally accepted, so when he first wrote it, which was in the 1970s, it was generally accepted that great white sharks were um, anthropophagous, which means they eat people by choice. Mm. Now we know that almost every attack on a human is an accident. Sharks, shark mistakes the human for its normal prey. Yep. Wow. That's, wow. Growth. We love it. Wow. Um, another growth that you love to see. We do love to see it. Another issue that sharks are facing is bycatch. Um, this means that when commercial fishing um, operations are catching whatever they're catching, sometimes they catch things that are not they're intending to catch um and a lot of times this means sharks and the simply the act like the stress of being caught um is enough to kill a lot of sharks Mm -hmm. um and then there's other different methods of fishing like uh ghost nets which are these or gill nets some people um they're these nets that kind of hang vertically in the ocean and the animal has to swim through it and gets um and then dies um which is just a really inhumane way to catch fish in general but yeah um, that's not great I don't like that. Yes. Yes. So um, what can we do to help the sharks, Katie? 
Well, going off that big one, um, like you said, it's really the method of fishing that can be extremely detrimental, not just to sharks, but like a <laughs> ton of ocean life. So like trawling nets, um, when you literally drag a giant net on the bottom of the ocean and scoop up everything, Ugh, um, you're not trawling. only you're destroying yeah the, the coral the ecosystem whatever is literally there um but you're also catching so much of what you don't want to be catching um so the best way to help that is to if you do eat seafood make sure you're eating sustainable seafood um so make sure it's being sourced reliably and from a sustainable source um and a really easy way to make sure of that is to download an app called Seafood Watch it's run by the Monterey Bay Aquarium All you got to do is type in what fish you're looking to eat, where it's coming from, and it'll tell you, um, it basically gives you a green light, like, yep, that's a sustainable fish to eat, you're good to go. A yellow light, maybe like once in a while you can splurge and have this, or a red light, you should really avoid um, this fish, it's not sustainable. Um, So, Seafood Watch, really great app. Um, A lot of grocery stores, like, or at least like Publix down here I feel like does a pretty good job of sourcing seafood sustainably like they make a very big deal out of it when you go to the seafood section Um, I will say always though check the label oh yeah because one time I bought at a grocery store that will remain nameless I bought a package of scallops that was all the labeling was sustainably sourced sustainably whatever whatever and then I look at the back and it says the method of catch is a trawl net. Mm. And I was like, "Mm, this, no, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Yeah. So do your research. Really your best bet because they take it population by population and by method of catch. So, and location. Yeah. It's really great. Um, secondly, you can reduce, reuse and recycle. We talked all about that in our last, uh, two episodes ago, our free July. Make it a plastic-free rest of 2020. And remember that, life. that exactly that helps out all ocean animals, um, including sharks that are just as vulnerable to getting caught in plastics, ingesting debris, that accumulation, the buildup in fish obviously can affect them too. Because guess what? They eat them. They eat the yeah. fish. Um, don't buy shark products. This is a tricky one because it can be hard to tell what products actually have shark in them? Um, so, like, people, when, when you say this, think of the obvious, like, a shark tooth necklace um, or, like, a shark jaw, like a genuine shark jaw at a store or whatever. Um, you know, those are what you would think of. However, um, there's actually a lot of makeup products that use a uh, substance from shark liver, um, it's called the, the, what it will actually say on the label is squalene or squalane, um, which is the substance made from shark liver. This can be made from plants. No problemo. It's actually cheaper to do. Um, so I don't know why we're still using shark liver, but yeah, really, obviously you have to catch sharks and kill them in order to get that. And we want to help our shark population. So we don't want to do Me that. Too. Um, also there are a lot of fish food products that are made from sharks that I didn't realize I learned this not too long ago. Um, fish patties and fish fingers, uh, often made from sharks, Mm -hmm. not generally the fish that they're advertising that it's made from. So you want to check the ingredients real carefully. If you are a fan of fish fingers or fish patties, um, 
and you know maybe maybe look at a different option um but that always kind of surprised me too uh and then like we said earlier just breaking stigmas surrounding sharks um i did you see that article it was this was like a couple weeks back of a woman that got bit by a shark and she said as they yes oh my god i shared it on my facebook (laughs) as they were like putting her in the ambulance like she was fine it was a pretty minor um bite she was like i still love sharks like it wasn't the shark's fault (laughs) like she literally was yelling that as she's being carted away i was like yep that that would be me too um i love that woman hope she's doing great wherever she is Um, i wish to meet her i wish to be her yep yeah you would yeah well I don't know if I want to get bit by a shark, but I do admire her gusto shortly thereafter. <laughs> um, now I'm totally lost my train of thought surrounding that. I feel like I had another thought okay. about We're stigmas. Just, you know, just the sharks are great. That's all. That's really all you need to know. Sharks. Oh, and if you are really into sharks, um, O-Search, if you haven't heard of it, it's spelled O-C-E-A-R-C-H. Um, is a website that tracks sharks for research and it you can like you can go on there and just check out where sharks are swimming in the ocean it's really fun they all they name all the sharks that they tag they're so cute there's also turtles on there that they track um and some uh seals yeah some seals 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 too yeah yeah but I just really love that they name the sharks. There's one, there's a great white shark. Her name is Catherine. Um, sometimes I'll see what she's up to every and, once in a while. She has a Twitter account. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. It's just really cool to see how they're doing and where they're swimming. And it's a fun website to interact with. So highly recommend O-Search as well. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's just some of the things you can do to help sharks uh, today and tomorrow and for the rest of forever. Forever, forever. <laughs> that's um, all we have to say about sharks. <laughs> yeah, we'll probably, like Emily said in the beginning of the episode, be making more of these kind of mini episodes in the future, um, since it will probably mean that it'll either be like two or three of us uh, doing the episode. It's probably going to continue to be like focused on a specific animal where we can just kind of take an animal and put them under a microscope, um, which I don't know. This episode was really fun. I had a great time. <laughs> I love sharks. I would happily do. Well, any marine animal, honestly. Yeah. Um, but if we do do more of these kind of mini episodes, is there any animal in particular you guys would like to hear us um, focus Speaking on? Or that you would... Like whales. <laughs> you already did that. We That already happened. <laughs> okay. But that does not mean I could not come up with so much more information. <laughs> no, I know you could. I know that was only like what 10 minutes in that yeah. episode that's yeah, exactly. um but yeah so any other animal you'd like to learn more about email us um dm us on instagram message us on facebook you know how to find us uh and let us know but thank you so much for joining emily and i this week whoop, whoop. and we hope you go out there love sharks and stay sustainable whoop. bye guys Oh, 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 oh,